Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by Floor and Decor. Largest selection of hard surface flooring and lowest prices guaranteed. Heading back into Farmer's Branch. Bevins, how can I help you? Good afternoon, Jim. Hello. I uh, have a, a uh, garage door opener. It's a Chamberlain LiftMaster that's about 40 years old functions perfectly from the hardware but the problem is during the daytime and the remotes it works uh very well but come dark it doesn't doesn't uh recognize the remotes you have any problem you have any idea what my problem is it works during daylight but not in the dark strange isn't it yeah any chance that there's a uh Something that's on a photo cell that comes on at night that could be interfering? No. Hmm. I've called Overhead Door that installed it many years ago and does mm-hmm. this on a daily basis. They have no clue. Yeah, i got to be honest. I don't either. Uh, what's the cost of a new Chamberlain these days? Not not a clue, but you know most garage door openers you're going to be looking anywhere from just a, a couple hundred bucks to you know six seven eight hundred. Can you replace the boards in them? I mean, is there something in the sensor that might? I, I have no clue, of course, but yeah, I I, I, I don't think one that's forty years old that you would be able to find anybody willing to do that. Okay, but you know when I when I ask about the photo cell. It doesn't necessarily have to be on your home. Oh. I'm I'm betting there's something that's on a photo cell type uh, that turns something electrical on uh, maybe at one of your neighbor's houses that's I interfering see. with it. That's possible. Huh. Well, you know, it's just money. But uh, you, you got plenty of it. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> photo cell. Well, that's one idea that no one else has come up with. So let me pursue that. Uh, my yeah, it's, wife it's, is. It's got to be something that's coming on at night that's throwing out some type of wave that's interfering with it. Let me ask you I have uh, fluorescence over my, I have eight foot tubes over my uh, driveway and uh, four foot tubes along my driveway. Would that have any bearing on it? Those, those I leave on at night. Shut them off and see if the door works. Good idea. Okay, sir. And you know, your... and, and and honestly, yes, fluorescents do put out a wave that could interfere. My wife is not a happy camper when she comes in and uh, <laughs> it doesn't work. It's you know, it, it might be worth the six or eight hundred just to make her happy. Man, you you miss your mark. Then I mean, Valentine's Day was on Monday. You you could have got her a new garage door opener at that time. Well, her birthday's coming up, uh, you know, being that and a new vacuum cleaner, you know, I don't have any other ideas. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I, I, all seriousness aside, I've been married for 37 years. When I was first married, I probably was our second year of marriage. I brought a lawnmower home from a, from a home <laughs> show one time. <laughs> don't get the vacuum cleaner. That, that, that's worse than the lawnmower. Yeah, I appreciate you, sir. Enjoy your show. Thank you, sir. You have a good one. Thank you.
1-800-288-9227. And just FYI, it was a snapper, a great lawnmower. And uh, we had that lawnmower and used it up until two years ago. I mean, I got I got a good, I don't know, 33 years out of it. Scott, how can I help you today? Hi, Jim. Uh, I'm from Austin, Texas, and I'm in Dallas today, and I've listened to your show. I've actually heard you before, and uh, I enjoy catching you when I get a chance here on, on uh, WBAP. I got a question. I've got a log cabin, and uh, it had a crack in it that over time water kept getting in there, and it's made the inside of the log uh, rotten. And the okay. opening's not very the opening's not very big. It's maybe two inches a circle, but inside it's 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 all come apart. the The log is both the outside wall and inside wall. The inside wall is is uh, complete. It, there's nothing wrong with it. You, you can see where water leaked in through a knot hole, but it's not rotted on the inside. I'm wondering what kind of material I could use to dig that out and then refill it with something to fill that cavity and then perhaps put some kind of, because the manufacturer said that they have some, like a log facade that I could put in there on the outside of that. Right. Yeah, I mean, typically the way it's it's done is you're going to have to open it up enough to scrape all the rotten material out because if you leave any in there, it's just like, like a, uh, you know, a rotting tooth. Uh, as If you need a fill a cavity you got to take all the rotten stuff out first or it just keeps rotting away and so you can take off the facing and then you can literally cut another piece of wood to to fit in where that facing was uh and blend it in that way so definitely can be done um your hardest part if the cabin has any kind of type of stain coloring on it matching that becomes your hardest part yep yep um Okay, well, I appreciate that. Okay. Uh, if, if you got more questions, we'll put you on hold, and I, I can catch you right after news, traffic, and weather here on WBAP. When we left, I was talking with Scott, and Scott, sorry I had to cut you off so quick there. That's okay. I had a couple follow-up questions I wanted to ask you. We were talking about filling that hole there. What material would I put in that, that would once I get all that cleaned out and everything? Depending on how big it is. Uh, there's several things you could use. One is to, to just plain go back with a chunk of wood. Uh, two would be a product called uh, wood putty. Uh, and then the other one is uh, fiber wood. And both of those are you know made for filling gaps and stuff, but it, it's limited on how thick you want to make that stuff. Uh, That's the reason I say, depending on how much rotten wood you got to take out, your best bet may be to just fit a piece of wood back in there. Okay, so I want to prevent this from happening again because I got some cracks on the outside of my logs there. And what what type of caulk would be the best recommended for outdoor direct sunlight to to fill in some of those cracks? Use an expansion joint material. You know, you got regular caulking, and that's good for sealing up doors and windows and stuff. But the expansion joint material has a little bit more elasticity to it. And typically those gaps that happen in the wood that way, they open and close with uh, temperature and moisture changes, you know, humidity change. And so that yeah, well, it, it would yeah. have a little more give to it. Will that have some silicone in it, maybe? or Yeah, it does. Okay. 
Okay. And then the last question I got for you, Jim, is is uh, when I go back, I'm going to have to like uh, restain and reprotect these logs uh, on the ends where they're getting direct sunlight. Right. And I have not I've not had any good luck with any product hardly that's staying on there for very long. And I'm I'm curious what um, what might be w- one of the best products for that. Once I get it, you know, sanded down, restained, what would you go over that with to protect that? I would use Ready Seal because it's got your your stain and sealer in one. Now it's not going to give you a gloss finish that some people like. Uh, it's a flat type finish because it's an oil based product that soaks into the wood. But you normally won't have to mess with it for you know five years again. And that's and, a product I can buy. At oh yeah, Home Depot or Lowe's. Okay, Home Depot, Lowe's, hardware stores, lumber yards. A lot of places carry it. Great. Well, you've uh, you've been a great help today. I'm glad I was in Dallas today. Well, and I was going to tell you, you know, in Austin, we're on KJCE. I'll make a note of that. All right. Well, you have a great afternoon. Thank you, Jim. Let's head to Wilmer, Texas. How are you doing today, Henry? Good. How about yourself? I'm doing wonderful. Um, my main question to you is I want to build a uh, outdoor barbecue you know, um, built-in type slide-in barbecue pit. Yeah. And I I have found some frames on the Internet or YouTube where you just buy the frames and then, then frame up or, uh, you know, finish up around them. And I guess what I was thinking about doing was uh, using hardy plank to, to go around the aluminum frame and then maybe going back with some bow stone over the hardy plank. Okay. I guess my main question is, is I've got a little bitty deck that's about maybe 40 inches wide that comes off the wall of my house. It used to be a flower bed, and I've made it my uh, smoking barbecue spot. How do you feel about the the, uh, the weight of this being supported by, you know, deck material? And, and then I was also thinking about maybe just doing the deck in hardy plank and going across that, you know, as a... A faux stone, and keep in mind this deck's not going to be walked on. It's just three or four inches raised above the rest of the patio, you know, sitting yeah. off to the side of the house. Well, you you don't want to make it out of uh, hardy because hardy's not a structural type material for doing that. Uh, you can use it for the sides, you know, and, and things, but not the the deck part. Um, it, as far as uh, everything else you know yeah. it's really going to just depend on how far apart you have your support joist and and uh things like that as far as how well it'll hold up if you're looking at a material for the deck that you don't want to have to worry about one you could go with cedar and put ready seal on it works great uh you know you're looking at a 20 plus year uh deck that way or you can take a look at uh trex uh that is a synthetic deck, but your joists need to be a little closer together. You know, with the if you go with a cedar decking, you can put your joists 16 inches apart. If you go with a Trex, you're going to want to choke it down to 12 inches. I, I built that deck 25 years ago, and I can't remember how my supports are in there. Yeah. But I guess when I start tearing things out, I'll, I'll give it a, a pretty good idea. But 
but again, to go back with the deck, maybe if I want to go with the post stone, then I would just do plywood as, yes. as my deck, and yep. then the post stone on top of that plywood. Correct. And 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 you think it being kind of built as a deck, that that barbecue pit sitting there uh, shouldn't Hang be on. too heavy on nah, it. Nah, it's not. It's not going to hurt anything. Okay. All right. Well, I, I appreciate it. Got a beautiful day down here south of Dallas on uh, I-45, but y'all have a good one. You as well. Take care. All right, let's head to DeSoto. And Clarence, welcome to WBAP. How can I help you? Uh, hello, Jim. Uh, I, I, I'm trying to get information on uh, I got a water leak in my restroom area. Uh, they came out and found it by a leak detector. Uh-huh. And, uh they're talking about uh, jackhammering a uh, hole to uh, get to the damage. And I I wasn't for sure if that I've seen them tunnel underneath to get the leaks under the house, but I, I'm not yeah. sure about the jackhammer. Does that, does that cause any damage to the foundation when they jackhammer compared to tunneling underneath? You uh, know, if they have it pinpointed then there's nothing wrong with jackhammering uh, a hole like that in order to repair a single spot. And I'm assuming this is in the water line, not the sewer line, correct? Yes, it's in the cold water line. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, you could definitely do it by jackhammering through the slab. Uh, how far in from the outside wall is the leak? Uh, it's probably about uh, 7 to 10 feet from the uh, well, so just to give you an idea, uh, let's see, 10 foot. In order to tunnel, say, 10 feet and, and fix the leak, you'd probably be looking at about $3,200. Okay. So, you know, a lot of times you can jackhammer and fix the leak for, you know, say a thousand dollars so it is yeah, yeah. quite a bit less expensive yeah they quoted a, a, a pretty close to what you just said a, a lot less surprise yeah i was just i'm not knowing much about the damage to the foundation i just kind of was wondering if if if, if it was possible anything cracks or anything yep. comes yeah yeah no, no, nothing I, nothing i would lose any sleep over at all the biggest Okay. factor that you can run into is they break the hole and the leak's not there now they got to make it bigger and you do have to limit how big you make the hole before it's not a problem and of okay. course any surface material they got to go through the flooring and such has got to be redone right so they said that all right i appreciate your help i thank you i listen to your program all the time it's first time calling them well thank i you. appreciate the call he meant the the last caller mentioned he got a referral from the box store, and honestly, typically the contractors and I'm not saying always, but typically the contractors who do a lot of the stuff for box stores and that are startups, uh, you know, people who are trying to get into the business and grow. It's not typically the quality people who've been around for a long time and i'm not saying you know bigger companies don't go get stuff from the box stores but if it's a contractor who 
is typically doing any type of work for the box stores, uh, it's usually not your well-established contractors. They got all the business they need without doing stuff through the through the box stores. Um, and just FYI, when you hire a contractor, and, and I know he didn't hire the contractor through the box stores. It was just a referral. But just FYI, if you hire a contractor through the box stores, you know, typically the box store is taking 20% off the top. That leaves you enough. You can probably be looking at hiring a better contractor. Uh, just a, a little side note there. Just a reminder, it's a huge help if you subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast. It helps people find us. Yvonne, can I help you? Yes, I have a brick planter that I had added to the back of a brick garage. You did a beautiful job, attached it to the garage, but it is up so high that the soil is covering my weak holes, and I was wondering what I could put at the back of that flower bed to keep my weak holes open. Mm -hmm. How how much above the weak holes is the dirt? Probably about three or four inches. And how many weep holes are covered? Uh, four or five. Oh, quite a bit. Um, mm -hmm. you, I mean, you you can. The whole purpose of the weep holes is when moisture goes in behind the brick, you know, it lets it run down the backside and run out. Right. It's still gonna come out and soak into that soil until the soil is saturated, and then it's gonna back up. The biggest problem you've got, though, is did he waterproof that wall when he came up that high on it? Uh, no. So when it rains and you get water in that fire or in that flower bed, it's going to allow moisture to soak in through the wall and come inside because it's okay, it's higher I need than to the seal the bricks. It's it's higher than the floor elevation inside, and typically in the old days when they used to put those in. Yeah, the wall uh -huh. would be sealed with tar to keep that from happening. Okay, is there anything I can seal the wall with now? Oh, yeah, you can still do it with the tar. Tar, okay. Okay, and would you put anything to leave those weep holes open? Or you, you, you really, it? if you're going to have dirt above them, there's really not a uh -huh. whole lot you can do. Uh, they need to be sealed up because otherwise... Like I say, the moisture that gets in the soil when it rains or watered right. will back up into the house through those weep holes. Okay. All righty. Well, I will get the brick sealed and seal up the weep holes and go go forward. All righty. You take okay. care, Yvonne. Uh-huh. Thank you. You know, talking about the ground getting wet, you know, this coming week, we, we've got a pretty decent chance of rain coming in so uh, that's where you start seeing stuff like this happen the moisture comes in and you may not see it running inside the garage right away but it gets that base plate wet and begins it to deteriorate and before you know it you're having to open the wall up to replace wood and stuff so that's the reason you want to seal it and and uh, you know keep moisture from going through we're gonna go to my hometown of pasadena mike welcome to texas home improvement Yes, uh, I've got some 
little black specks that come out in the hot water. Not in the cold, just in the hot. Can you give me an idea what that might be? When you say specks, how small the specks are we talking about? They're from uh, 30 seconds up to maybe an eighth or sixteenth of an inch. And almost stringy. Almost what? Almost stringy looking. They're not actually flecks. They're kind of stringy and black. Okay. Uh, it sounds like you've got something growing in the pipes themselves. Okay. Um, you know the the are you are you on city water or or, or yeah. a uh... city water yes sir okay well what I'm kind of and does it stop after you run the water for a while or is it constant uh, it's pretty much every time you turn the hot water on and I fill the tub up with it and it still comes you know as the tub's completely full. It, it it keeps coming, you said, as you fill the tub? Yes, sir. Okay. Your hot water tank needs to be flushed out. Okay. Was this house sitting empty for a period of time or anything? No, it wasn't. And the water tank is only about two, three years old. Okay. Yeah, the, for some reason, uh, do you have it maybe turned down where it's not real hot? No, it's my wife likes it scalding, and that's the way it comes out. Yeah, something, it, it sounds like something is growing in the hot water tank that's coming out. So the first thing I would do is flush that tank out real good. Okay, is there any chemical or just water? Well, op open it up, uh, you know, put hook the hose up to the bottom of it and drain it. Uh, yes, use, you can use the, open up the pop-off valve that lets the water drain out better. Obviously shut the water off going into it first. Uh, okay. Then remove one of the water lines and you can fill it with bleach and water okay. and, fl and flush it out a couple more times uh, in order to get all the bleach out. Now, you can, once you've done it with the bleach, you don't have to flush it out through the hose at the bottom. You can just let it run through the lines into the bathtub or something in order to, okay. to flush it out good. Uh, but yeah, flush it out real good. And I got an idea you'll, you'll take care of your problem. It could be uh, also take off the intake line going into the water heater. Yeah. Because a lot of times they put a little screen filter there. And it could be that just something's hung up on that that is allowing bacteria to grow. Because you've got something that's growing uh, that's, that's causing this. And so we just need to find where it's hanging up. But flushing everything out with the bleach should uh, clean it and kill it. Well, I'll give that a try. Thank you so much. You bet, Mike. You take care. Kelly, this is Jim. How can I help you? Hey, I've got a quick question. I am looking to um, replace some banisters on the stairwell. Uh -huh. I've just got a little section with 16 of them in there. Um, I'm fairly handy. Is that something that I can do, or do I need to be afraid of taking all that apart? No, you don't need to be afraid. I mean, the the stuff is going to be put together one of two ways. Either there's already a hole there that the dowels will go into, or the yeah, you know, the, there, the rails, or there are not holes. Then it's just a matter of uh, nailing them into into place. Uh, do you okay. have like an air brad nailer or anything like that? 
I can I can get one. Yeah, so that's what that, I need to that do. makes it real easy. The toughest part is just to make sure that you get the spacing even. So make you a okay. little jig that that you put between each one as you're getting ready to nail it, and uh, that'll that'll hold them into place while you pop a nail in. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much. Appreciate you're it. You're welcome. Nathan in West Houston, how are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. I, I have a question for you about ducts cleaning. Uh, my ducts, I, I think that they'll need cleaning, and I was wondering if you could recommend uh, what you would recommend for that or if you could recommend a, a vendor or, or a service company to do that. My first aunt question that I always ask is, why do you want them cleaned? Well, they look dirty. Okay. And how did they get dirty? Was there some construction that took place or something? No, no. They just—they've never been cleaned before, and I'm—I'm I'm thinking that they need cleaning. Maybe they don't need cleaning, but I, I thought that they did because I get a lot of advertisements in the mail for duct yep. cleaning, and I mean, maybe you don't need that. You know, it, it, it's one of those things that a lot of people advertise it because they make really good money doing it. Uh, the equipment is is not expensive for doing duct cleaning. They charge a lot of money for it, so the return is just unbelievable. But most of the time, we don't need our ducts cleaned. Uh, you know, all the air that goes through those ducts is filtered air that's gone through the AC filter. And so right. typically, it's pretty clean unless there's been some construction took place or there was leaks in the, in the uh, duct work or something like that then yes, you could have an issue where you want to get the ducts cleaned. And if you do need to get them cleaned, uh, you, typically your uh, AC guy who normally services your unit can handle right. that for you or has somebody who he can have do it for you. Okay, okay. All right, thank you. Appreciate it. You and, and do you mind if, uh, if I oh, ask no, you another ahead. question? Absolutely, go ahead. Okay, this is completely unrelated. Uh, what are your what are your thoughts on metal framing for residential housing? Do you, do you how do you view that? There's nothing wrong with it as long as you understand your limitations. Um, you know the main reason uh, wood is used still is because it it was so much cheaper than the aluminum framing. They kind of been getting closer to to uh, each other in price. But the limitations are, like when you go to hang pictures and, and different things like that in the wall, there's no studs to hit because you can't okay, put a nail into the aluminum studs. Other than that, you just use a, a screw instead, and, and you're good to go. Okay, I see. All right. Okay, well, thank you very much. Appreciate your help. You bet. Take it easy. You too. Bye-bye. And, uh, you know... The, the aluminum framing and, and studs and stuff are used all the time in commercial buildings. Um, it just doesn't go into residential that much, like I said, simply because of, of the cost factor. Uh, but other than that, there's no reason not to do them. Todd, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Thank you. I'm doing well. I have a mini split question. I actually have three mini splits in three different places. Really, really love them. But the drainage, the drain pipe, yep. we plumbed it, you know, straight through the wall and straight down. There's no obstructions or turns or whatnot. But they all seem to get 
like plugged up, so to speak. And so the water starts dripping out of the front of the head of the yep. unit. And I was wondering what I could do to solve that drain. It's like a vapor lock almost. It um, is. Well, what happens is the way those things drain, um, you know, they always put them on a, a half or three quarter inch pipe. Right. And it, it starts to grow stuff in there. And eventually it plugs itself up. And so just like the AC system, you know, the, the, the traditional system where you got to dump bleach in it periodically, these pipes need attention periodically as well. Uh-huh. And and that's, that's really what's killing it. Well, it, one it, of them... Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. I would say one of them gets the vapor lock and the water's coming out of the head. And I'll literally go outside to the drain and I'll sort of suck on it for a second. A yep. quick little... And it frees it up, and it comes pouring it. Yeah, you're, you're going to get some stuff you don't want one day when you do that, but uh, that, uh, that that absolutely will get it going again. Uh, I'm going to put you on hold for just one quick uh, second. got to take a break for news, traffic, weather, and we'll be back with more Texas Home Improvement. When we left, I was talking with Todd on a mini-split, and I, I know Todd had to hang up, but look, if you've got a mini-split system, that's not discharging water properly time and time again you have to you know get it working again they actually make a little pump that can be hooked in those mini split systems for pushing the water out and uh, they have to be installed more often than you think they do and uh, so that that i think would be a great fix for the issue you're having todd uh so Hopefully you can get that rectified. Getting drywall work done like that, a lot of times your painters can do it as well. Uh, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be a contractor. And when the crack is repaired, don't let them just smear some uh, caulking or mud in there and, and move on. It's got to be repaired right. And to do it right, you know, a lot of times people think, oh, I got to take that sheetrock off and replace it. You don't. You take a box cutter and you V out where the crack is and literally cut down into the sheetrock so that the mud the sheetrock mud will lay down into that crack sand about 12 inches in each direction from the crack so you got nice smooth surface to work with uh, and then put the mud down in there and use a fiber mesh tape on these cracks not paper tape the paper tape tends to on these cracks tends to uh, pop up too easily by, by using the fiber mesh tape, it lays in there and kind of works like rebar and holds everything together. So you lay that in there, use your, your sheetrock knife to bed it down nice and tight, and then put another layer of sheetrock mud over it, let it dry, sand it down, feather it out with a, another layer of mud, and usually by the time you do the third layer, you're done. Uh, you're ready to texture it and and go ahead and paint it and everything. Uh, when you get it textured, make sure you prime it and seal it before painting. Otherwise, the color difference will show up through the paint because the old areas that were previously done, you know, they've been sealed up with paint for years, and the this new spot is going to suck the paint up real fast, and it'll create a dull area for you by putting a primer sealer on it it keeps it from being a a dull finish and it'll match in with the other finish better that way so just some some pointers on 
doing crack repairs. Years ago, uh, I used to do that as a, a side thing after we did foundation repair. And uh, I got pretty darn good at, at uh, matching it in. So, uh, But I didn't want to see them again. And that's where I learned to use that fiber mesh tape. And one quick uh, trick on the fiber mesh, you know, the, on, the instructions on it says to just put it over the crack and then put your mud on it. Put mud first, bed it just like it was paper tape, and then uh, it'll it'll work better. It, uh, I didn't have good luck when I just stuck it on the sheetrock and and uh, covered it with mud. It tended to peel up a little bit. Where bedding it down in the mud like paper would be done, it did much better. You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to thipro.com. 